Welcome back to Elevate Inspiration for Sunday School. Today we're going to be looking at Nehemiah. Who is Nehemiah? He is a captive cupbearer who rebuilds a... Alright, now this is a slide from last week. Just a rehash. You remember the Northern Kingdom, Israel, was conquered by Assyria in 722 BC, followed by Judah, the Southern Kingdom, in 586 BC by the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar. Now later, Cyrus, who is a Persian king, conquers Babylon, defeats them, and he released the Jews from exile to return to their home. So that first wave of returning exiles was led by Zerubbabel, the second wave by Ezra, who we discussed last week, and the final wave is led by no other who we're going to talk about today, Nehemiah. One thing I want to share with you is that by this time, approximately 50,000 people are there in Jerusalem. But there were some that decided to stay back in Babylon. Nehemiah and his family is that group of people. So Nehemiah, who is he? He's the cupbearer. He's the wine taster uh, for the king or the archies. So basically he in turn will, in that day and time, before the king drank anything, he will actually give it to his assistant, the cupbearer, who in turn would drink to ensure that there's no poison in it. I like that job. Okay, he's the wine taster. So he received news from his brother about the affairs. You got to go back and read the first chapter of Nehemiah to really grasp this, uh, uh, this concept. Because Hananiah, his brother, comes back and in verse 1 of Nehemiah, he states, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is also broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. So this is a more of the remnants from King Nebuchadnezzar when he comes in and takes over the city and drive the people into exile. So in other words, remember the first group, Zerubbabel, they rebuild the temple. However, the walls are still um, uh, down and they haven't been rebuilt. So uh, uh, Nehemiah starts praying and he fasts and he wants to resolve this issue and go back. So he gets permission um, uh, from the king to go back. And not only he gets permission, the king's more like uh, gives him the funds and also give him um, uh, protection, uh, soldiers to go back to Jerusalem to handle this business of rebuilding the wall. All right, so here we are. The first verse. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Now, if you think about this verse right here, from Babylon, um, uh, the city of Susa is actually about a three-month journey. It's actually 1,100 miles from Susan to Jerusalem. Now, they didn't have airplanes back in this day and time, so they actually walked. So if you actually walk two miles an hour for six days per week, it would take you actually three months to get there. So I can really say, by the time Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, it is definitely give him at least three days to rest and think about this. 
So after the three days of rest, I know this is a long scripture that you're seeing here. I want you to look at verses 12 um, through 15. He rose up during the night. Now this is this is interesting. He wrote, woke up during the night and he decided to ride through and look at the gates. He goes out, notice it says by night, through the valley gate, through, to the serpent wall, to the refuse gates. And he viewed the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates was burned with fire. So he's actually assessing it. He even goes to the fountain gate in the uh, king's pool, probably uh, the pool of Siloam. And there was no room for his animal to pass. There was showing that there was so much debris there that he was unable to pass through that. And then it, it continues. And so I went the night by the valley, viewed the wall, and I turned back and entered the valley gate and I returned. And I want you to look at that 16 first because he went undercover. No one knew what he was doing. He only took a few individuals with him, and it says, not, I told no Jews, the priests, the nobles, the fisher, and others who did the work. In other words, he was going, and he didn't share anything about his mission and why he was there, and he's surveying the city. That's a leader for you. So the question that we're going to focus on is what factors should cause you to determine that a strategic multi-day delay on a project is not merely procrastination? Then we're gonna look at Apostle Paul admitting procrastination in Acts 22 and 16, why? Okay, now after he surveyed the city, he summons the leaders, leaders. And then he said to them, you see the distress that we are in how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire I want you to notice here he's saying this but notice he goes and he used first person we are in distress and then he says let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we will no, no longer be reproached now here he is more like the right hand man to the king leaves the palace comes to Jerusalem because this is where his heart is is at home and want to make sure that his home has the walls rebuilt and what is significance of walls see walls provide protection and now he encouraged them to build here is the evidence of God's hand he says, I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also the king's word who has spoken to me. So he has prayed now, and he has fasted, and he has sought God, and got permission from the king. Everything has fell in place, and now he's sharing with the leaders there. Look, you all, we, not you all, but we need to do something. And then notice what happened. They said, let us rise up and build. And they set their hands for this good work. You know, the question I want to ask as we discussed on Sunday is, what is Nehemiah's passion? You know, leaders must have a passion. 
And then we're gonna dig a little bit deeper. How has you used your position of privilege to help others? Now, you always, when you get ready to do something, you always are going to have critics. Words of contempt. We have some individual that comes up. His name is, one of them is Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite, Grisham, and the Arabs. When they heard this, they laughed at us, despised us, and they said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel? against the king now this opposition and these individuals have already appeared in Ezra the fourth chapter and actually if you really do research on Sanballat Sanballat is actually a Jew he's from the northern kingdom Tobiah is, is uh, uh, he's an Ammonite they always have been the enemy of the Jews and that's the opposition they're saying, oh, you come here to rebel against the king? And then notice how Nehemiah answered them. He said, now he didn't say, I have permission from the king to do this. Notice he said, God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right and memorial in this Jerusalem. He is saying, my faith is in God. God has given me this. When God gives you a vision, you must act on it despite what critics are saying. You must do that. You know, it's interesting when you think about God is always looking for a man. He's looking for someone to stand up and fill the gap. He's looking for individuals even today to stand up and fill the gap. So the question that we're going to focus on is under what circumstances will you refuse the help of someone else on a ministry project? That's a good question. Then we're going to dig a little bit deeper. So, to sum everything up in this lesson, we have a secrecy group where Nehemiah goes out and he secretly analyzes the situation. He inspects this group. Then he have an announcement that this is what we're going to do. And then he have an opposition. I think these are the things in every project that God wants you to do. Notice those things. There is a secrecy where you are just communing with God. There's time for you to inspect, to figure out what it is that you're going to do. And then there's the announcement. And then always look for the opposition. So, in other words, Nehemiah was going to have not just one rock, but a whole pile of rocks and rubbers to move in order to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He needed help. And his help came from God. Heavenly and earthly hands will give you more than enough help. And I think that's the encouragement that we have to realize today. Our effort matters, but they will not succeed all on their own. That's why we have to come and ask our Father for help. Our Heavenly Father. 
He's looking for a man. He can do it himself, but he wants to work through us. He has in every task he gives us in his hand as well. So he give us his hand just as well when he give us a task. Will you ask God to give you a hand? And I'm thought to remember it is pray for God's powerful hand to be at work in your daily life. Hey, I see you Sunday. There's our time. There's our meeting ID. And there's our password for the Zoom session on Sunday. And like I always say, see you in Sunday school.